Good morning, Semper Fi. Greetings from a drying out Baton Rouge area. It's soggy over the last uh, 24 to 48 hours at the NCAA Baseball Regional down here in Baton Rouge. Welcome into the show. I'm Christian Garrick, and phone lines, as always, are open at 504-260-1870, text 870-870. Three games scheduled for today, if they can get it in, if the weather allows it. Rice and Southeastern will resume their game that was started yesterday at around 9 a.m. and then uh, put into a rain delay for the remainder and suspending play for uh, the remainder of that tournament. So they'll resume that game this morning at 11. Rice was on top 4-1 to one going into the seventh inning. And uh, the winner of that ball game will play LSU later on this afternoon at the box, and then the loser falls into a matchup with Utah Valley, who uh, LSU took care of business on Friday night against 7-1. to one. And then uh, about 55 minutes after that game two, LSU will play the uh, winner of the Rice Southeastern ball game. We'll have live coverage for you all day long and right here on WWLAMFM.com. Um, going back to Friday night, UVU and uh, LSU, Utah Valley. Look, it, this, this was one of those games where for LSU they were supposed to win. They were supposed to win uh, handily. You saw a couple of um, regionals where the number one seed in particular, Ole Miss, was knocked out by uh, by Tulane, and you're seeing some upsets throughout the uh, throughout the country right now. LSU, though, taking care of business against uh, Utah Valley on Friday night. They hit two home runs, pounded out 12 hits. Jared Poche in the fourth inning of the ballgame has the first two batters on base, first and second, no outs. He goes out and strikes out the side. So pretty solid performance on the mound for Jared Poche, also for the Tigers hitters. And one thing that if you watch LSU, you look at them and pay, pay close attention to them, they're just a pain in the butt in terms of offensively. They, they do a great job of distracting hitters, I mean distracting pitchers, because they're very selective hitters. And then when they get people on base, they can run, so that slows the pitcher's thought process down, gets in their head a little bit, they're worried about the runner, and then they end up making a mistake to the hitter, and they capitalize hitting a couple of uh, extra base hits or home runs. Greg Deitman uh, smashed one over the left field wall and a win, a two-run homer in that win over Utah Valley the other night. But uh, this this offense is it's just interesting to watch. Uh, they put a lot of pressure on the defense. They don't um, they don't make it easy. You know they're smart on the base paths. They don't they're selective at the plate, so it can really stress a pitcher. They drive the pitch count up. They make the defense uh, stand out there for a while, and that means they're more prone to make mistakes at that point. The deeper you get in the counts. The faster that starter gets out of the uh, gets out of the ball game, and you start getting into the bullpen. And in college bullpens, anything goes, anything can happen. So uh, LSU's approach at the plate has been phenomenal. Andy Canizero, a big part of that uh, this season. We had Andy Canizero on double coverage back on uh, Thursday night. So I'll try to replay that interview. He's he's impressive. He's going to be a head coach one day. He will be a head coach in college baseball one day. But hats off to the Tulane Green Wave knocking off Ole Miss getting them out of there in their own regional. So I think it's the second time now that uh, Ole Miss has, has uh, lost the regional after being a number one seed in the uh, in the regional. So they're out. An SEC team is gone. You won't have that in the, uh, in the uh, discussion anymore about how many SEC teams made it. They're the first one gone. South Carolina also lost to Rhode Island, I believe it was, in the uh, first game. And then they, they were in an elimination game yesterday. They got out of that one. They beat Duke. Duke's season is over. So uh, South Carolina is still alive out there in that regional. 
504-260-1870, text 870-870. Stephen Wake coming back. T-Bob Aber will join us here on WWL. At some point today, we'll get to see a little college baseball, we hope, at the box. Three games scheduled, as I mentioned. Rice and Southeastern playing the continuation of their first ball game. And then the uh, loser plays Utah Valley, and then LSU awaits the winner between Rice and Southeastern. Welcome into It's Just Sports here on WWLAMFM.com. And T-Bob Bear is down here in Baton Rouge with me, uh, trying to kept cover this uh, this regional. And it's been a lot of waiting around, T-Bob. So uh, hopefully today we'll get to see some baseball. Yeah, yeah. How, how are you feeling this morning, Kato? Good, man. Real good. Really? Wow. It's uh, yeah. impressive. Yeah, well, you, you know, were hey. uh, taking him back last night. Well, you know Throwing what? Throwing him um, back, I should say. While you're in a rain delay, that's what you do. Uh, yes, no, so. I, I agree. I guess I'm just impressed with your uh, with your inebriation abilities. Or I guess my the inebri- day after effect. My recovery abilities. abilities. I suppose a truly impressive part of this uh, conversation. All right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I impressed you there. But um, so LSU, Utah Valley. I don't know. Though, dude. You sound a little tired. Yeah. You sound a little tired. <laughs> is that Blackwell? Is that Will in the yeah. back? And he uh, said you sound a little tired as well. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not tired. My voice okay. is just a little uh, a little off. But, well, we're, we're 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 a little bit like the walking wounded here on team double coverage. I'm so glad. Yeah. Well, I mean, when there's a rain delay, I mean, what, what do you want us to do? You know, we gotta we gotta entertain ourselves somehow. So, yeah, uh, walk really on was good to us. Uh, it's been incredibly boring so far. Um, we got to see one game, and uh, even I mean, think for a second. We're on Sunday, and we haven't completed the second game of the regional. It's not like the second round. You know, we don't even know who would be playing in an elimination game. So, uh, I mean, bottom line is there's just not much to report on. Like, the Utah Valley game Friday was great. Um, Dykeman, no, Fraley had a homer. Did Dykeman end up with a solo shot yes. as well? Yeah. Yeah, he had but, a two uh, homer. My favorite part, we kind of talked about it last night, had to be, I think it was the fifth. And Poche uh, lets the first two batters on base. First and third, nobody out, and ends up striking out the side. And it's his classic Jared Post, kind of looking like he's going to be in trouble and finding a way to get out of it. But it was especially critical because at the time, we thought that this was a normal regional and that, uh, you know, you would be playing uh, back-to-back-to-back potentially each, each and every day, and you needed your pitcher to last longer than five. Post ends up doing that. Uh, but LSU Friday is a team that is confident in themselves. They're kind of carrying themselves with an air of superiority, like they know uh, who they are and how good they are. And my big fear coming into this postseason has been that kind of that, like the reality check is coming. Maybe this team that's been so hot, playing so above its head, that maybe they. Uh, end up kind of slingshotting back, but how they handled business on Friday, and that's what it looked like, a group just, you know, just handling business, like a business trip, uh, I found it very impressive. Yeah, they kind of just uh, methodical is a good way to approach or a good yeah. way to describe the LSU Tigers right now, especially uh, yeah. efficient on the offense and inefficient pitching. But now, T-Bob, you know, you start looking at 
regionals around the, the country. And that was a big win for Tulane, taking down Ole Miss yesterday in the Oxford Regional. Uh, you know, yeah, Ole Miss be so, bounced this early. I still haven't seen the highlights, but I heard it was in pretty dramatic fashion as well. Yeah, it was the top of the ninth, uh, a home run. Wow, wow, dude, that is amazing. Um, incredible win for Tulane, knocking a seed uh, of the caliber of Ole Miss. Knocking them out in their home stadium is no easy task. And that is that was supposed to be regional of death, right? That was supposed to be the most challenging regional in the entire country. And if Tulane comes out of that regional, uh, it adds to what has been a really good season for the Green Wave. It's a program that continues to move in the right direction. Tulane as a whole right now has an athletics program that appears to be moving in the right direction in all three sports. Uh, for the first time in years, Christian, it feels like there's a lot of positive momentum uh, surrounding the wave. And I think I think the win over Ole Miss in, in the elimination game where you had some defensive plays like Tulane's been having all year. We mentioned the fact that coming into this tournament, Tulane was pointing in the country with 60 home runs. So you have a home run, end up uh, winning the game. It just feels like this last win over Ole Miss was very indicative of their entire season. You know, the SEC is supposed to be hard, but I don't know how else uh, the way they played, but they 2 0 LSU during the year. Now they've knocked out Ole Miss. Tulane, the AAC champs not going to be intimidated. Yeah, and look, you go around to another regional, and South Carolina is all of a sudden in an elimination game as well because they lost to Rhode Island back on Friday night. So well, uh, all of a sudden like, in the SEC. Well, and that's like the key part about college baseball, right? That's why I, I said that the ideas of doing college baseball brackets may be even more absurd than the idea of doing uh, of doing NCAA basketball brackets. It's because it's just so impossible to predict, especially in a sport like baseball where all it takes it's for random. an underdog it's random. to win. Baseball is yeah. the most random sport out there. All it takes for an underdog to win is the starting pitcher just having an off day. Like you could be Alex yeah. Lang, but for whatever reason, you're just not in the zone. If your bats aren't killing it and can't make up for it, like, yeah, you're done. Even if it's, you know, it has a fourth of the population of your school or even less. So, the game with an incredibly high rate of variance, and uh, you're seeing that play out. Think about Ole Miss. So, did Ole Miss go 0-2 in their regional? I think so. So, I, I mean, who would have ever expected that? They're a host side. They were almost a national seed. And now people are going to be playing out a tournament in their stadium without them there. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a, that must be an awful feeling to have that. Um but two late hats off to the wave, though, man. It's like a slap in the face. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's something that LSU and Tulane fans can bond over. Uh, me and Will Blackwell were talking about this in our Facebook live chat yesterday. But it's, uh, it's always nice when the Black Bears lose. Anytime the Ole Miss Black Bears lose, LSU fans are happy. So uh, all Tiger fans, give a shout-out to your uh, Tulane brethren. The, the Rebels. They're the Rebels, T-Bob. No, know, no. They're the Rebel Black Bears. Wee, oh, okay. wee, wee. PC Police. PC Police. They are not Can't the actually rebels. call them Rebels. They are the Rebel Black Bears. I refuse to.
stand by and let's use such offensive terms. You're triggering me, bro. Please <laughs> All right. Will, don't we'll... worry. Me and, me and Will Blackwell are starting a campaign to change West Monroe's mascot from the Rebels to the Blackwells. We want to announce it right here. It's just sports. Yep. So get it started. Change.org. Go sign the petition. No more Rebels for West Monroe. <laughs> He's gonna, that's not going to happen. They they will never let that uh, no, that go down. I don't think I don't think it's going to happen either. <laughs> no, no. Hey T Bob, so looking ahead to this game, Rice or Southeastern, it looks like it's going to be Rice against LSU. They're on top right now, four to one, and that suspended ball game. But uh, I guess that's the matchup when you look at it that everybody predicted would be uh, on a uh, on a on a Sunday night. Although it was projected to be kind of the championship championship game that's going to maybe spill into Monday. But this is a good matchup awaiting LSU if it is indeed Rice that gets there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know um, much about Rice specifically. Because, uh, well, just to be frank, I, don't, I didn't do my homework like I should on these teams. Um, I do know a couple fun statistics, one of which is that Rice has made the uh, baseball tournament for 22 years in a row, which I think is the uh, longest streak in the entire nation. So, as far as experience, as far as being comfortable, your setting, as far as understanding what it takes, I don't think you're going to find a program uh, that knows that better than Rice. And so they're not going to be scared of the stage. They're not going to be intimidated by uh, Alex Fox. And LSU's going to have their work cut out for them. Now, because they beat Utah Valley, Al, you got a little margin for error. You can lose it. Work your way back. But with the Super Regional on the horizon, the last thing the Tigers would want to do is to get into a situation where you would have to play uh, on Tuesday. And we talked about it at the bar last night, Christian, but that could potentially be a possibility. I think, yeah, right? The, yeah, the championship game. Well, if weather impacts the play anymore, and the championship game moves in that direction where uh, you would need to beat, for for example, you would need to beat Rice twice. Yeah. And you do that on Monday, you'd have to play him again yeah. uh, on Tuesday, potentially, because there's just not enough room uh, in the schedule. Yeah, and so with the Super Regional looming there on the next week, and you really don't want to finish this series Tuesday, you don't have to waste any more arms on Tuesday. So uh, in, in, in a weird way, the weather has actually heightened the uh, stakes for this weekend because LSU uh, would needs to go undefeated even more than they did pre- previously. Hey, you talked to Andy Canizero, LSU's hitting coach, the other day. Um, yeah, great guy. How, how, how impressed were you with just some of the knowledge that he, he explained about how well this LSU team is hitting the ball? Well, I mean, uh, the, the most impressive part wasn't necessarily – what he was saying, because, you know, it's hard to express. uh, It's hard to really get into how your team's having this success without, like, really diving in, talking in depth about it. It was more kind of service level about, look, just buying, recognizing the situation. We talk about how they have amount of strikeouts in the SEC, and that's maybe where you got a bit of strategy. And he just talks about, look, bottom line is that everybody's focused on just getting the ball in play with two strikes. Yada, yada. But what impressed me the most about Andy Canizero was just his, uh, his demeanor. You could even feel it through the phone. He had a kind of infectious enthusiasm. And uh, you can tell 
is a high energy guy. I mean, you look at the most jacked member on the baseball team, player or otherwise. He did con- that he can definitely bench the most. Uh, but he's someone you get the feeling too that like you would want to play for him as a player. And he mentioned that that's the great part about this team is that everybody's bought in, everybody's on the same page, and you're seeing the results. So it's like even if you, when you listen to it and you hear him say things like, you know, everybody's bought in and there's a little, and you think, ah, oh, that's just coach speak. That's fine. You can see that. But the results this season uh, speak for themselves. And I'll be very intrigued to see uh, whether or not he remains at LSU or if he doesn't get a uh, head job somewhere. Because after the job he's done with this year's lineup, he is one of the uh, hottest names in coaching. T. Bob A. Bear, man, we'll see you at the park. Thanks. All right, K. Dog. Hey, it's a, I'm impressed with you, bro. Stay strong. <laughs> I will. Thanks. Appreciate it. Go enjoy your Blackwell. All right, stepping away for the news. Uh, more of it's just sports here on WWLAMF. Down here at the uh, Baton Rouge Regional. Nice dry uh, skies. Kind of overcast, but it looks like uh, they're going to get some baseball in today. You heard. Uh, me, me and T-Bob talking about Andy Canizero, the hitting coach for LSU. And uh, he had a chance to visit with him, so we'll play that right now. Take a listen. Right now, it is my absolute pleasure to be talking to Andy Canizaro, LSU assistant coach and hitting coach, and really one of the keys behind this year's success. And Andy, when you look at the lineup this season, uh, one of the most impressive feats that you all have accomplished is an incredibly low strikeout rate. rate. Uh, what has been, I guess the key or the, the, the secret to uh, getting that done? Yeah, absolutely. And first off, man, just certainly want to thank you for having me on tonight. It's certainly the, it's the best time of the year, man, in terms of the NCAA, you know, tournament postseason play. And it's what we work all year for. And, and it's going to be a great weekend at the box this weekend and jacked up about getting after it with these guys this weekend. But in terms of our, our low numbers of strikeouts this year, you know, it's just been a commitment that our guys have really made um, T-Bob to, to, to cut down on strikeouts, to put the ball in play when we get to two strikes. You know, the, the biggest thing that we talk about all the time is having young players handle the baseball and make them pick the ball up and throw you out. So if you get to a point where you're with, you know, you're down to two strikes, you know, you've got two strikes on you, it, it, it becomes a pride thing for us where, we're not going to strike out. We're going to put the ball in play. We're going to force somebody to make an out. And our guys have really bought into it. We've had a lot of success, you know, with that approach this year. We've got the fewest numbers of strikeouts in the SEC by a really large margin. And I, and I couldn't be any more proud of our guys. Yeah, and Andy, uh, you mentioned getting guys to buy in. And that's especially intriguing to me. Uh, considering the, the just the huge amount of turnover in that lineup. I mean, I think it's very well documented, replacing eight of nine starters. What is the process like uh, when you basically have a crop full of fresh faces trying to get get, get them to buy in from top to bottom? Absolutely. It, it, it took a little bit, you know, obviously during fall practice back in October and November in terms of, the type of offense that we wanted to be this year. And we had a lot of open-ended discussions in terms of, you know, with our players, you know, every single day is a competition. Every single day was an opportunity for someone new to, to earn playing time and to open, you know, open the coach's eyes in terms of what certain guys could do to help us win this year. So 
you know, anytime you've got, you know, a, a group of young, talented players like we have, and you've got open jobs, and this year we had eight open jobs, which is almost unheard of in college baseball. Yeah. Um, every single day was a battle. Our guys brought it every day back in the fall in terms of competing and facing quality arms like we have on our pitching staff. And guys took it personal. Like, every day they were going to do something to, you know, show the coaches that they could help this team this spring do the things that we've ultimately done. And it's been an outstanding season so far, one where we've continued to get better and better as the season's gone on. We feel like we're playing our best baseball right now at the right time of the year. We're on a roll, and there's nothing like a team on a roll. We're sitting down with Andy Canizar, LSU hitting coach and one of the hottest coaches out there right now. And uh, speaking of guys who are on fire right now, uh, Kramer Robertson, just named second team All-American today, um, looks has looked, I should say, like a completely different player than last season, providing leadership not only in his play, but obviously the toughness, all that well-documented Uh I guess, what do you think it was that has led to such a uh, positive change for Robertson? Kramer's been phenomenal for us this year. You know, he's he, he would be, in my opinion, our, our team MVP this year in terms of, you know, just bringing that, you know, stabilizing force to our defense. You know, obviously myself being a former shortstop, understanding how tough that position is, and he's played that position this year at such a high level and obviously replacing the shortstop that we had last year, second overall pick in the draft, Houston Astros prospect, Alex Bregman, you know, was a really hard task for somebody to do this year. And Kramer, we could not have asked any more for him this year. I mean, he was our first team, all SEC shortstop, second team, all American, like you stated, he's a guy that really grew up and matured over the course of the last year. Um, in terms of, you know, just his daily approach to the game. Um, he's a guy that is an extremely hard worker. Um, he's that extra coach on the field in terms of, you know, bringing um, poise and bringing some calmness to a defensive unit that was really young at the start of the season. So in terms of Kramer playing shortstop, T-Bob, he's been awesome, man. He's been a pleasure to watch this year. He's been a joy to coach. Um He's been phenomenal. I really can't – I don't really know any other adjectives to describe. Um, but when he started playing shortstop at the level that he's doing it at this year, we really took off as a team. Um, and he's been sensational. He's going to continue to be great down the stretch for us. And I'm really glad he's on our team. I know that. And, Coach, when you look at the level of competition you all have played this year, and not just in the SEC. I mean, obviously the SEC has – four of the eight national seeds, which is incredible in and of itself. But even looking around the talent in Louisiana, your former school, Tulane, had a very good season. And all five Louisiana schools end up making this tournament. Uh, going into the postseason, do you have maybe uh, a sense of uh, confidence or uh, I guess, yeah, does playing a schedule that intense, does it make you feel better prepared for the challenge that lies ahead? You, you hit the nail on the head in terms of, you know, if you survive, and, and I'll use the word survive, you survive the SEC, the rigors of the SEC, every weekend is a battle. It doesn't matter if you're playing the, the first place team or, the, or a team that doesn't make the SEC tournament. 
everybody's got outstanding players. Everybody's got big leaguers on their roster. So we certainly feel like our team is extremely battle-tested. Um, you know, we've played really great at certain times. You know, we had a lull earlier in the season where it took our younger kids some time to learn how to play against that type of competition week in, week out. And where we are right now as a team has everything to do with the league that we play in. Um, we feel great. We feel confident. We know we can go out there and beat those power arms that are going to run it up there from 92 to 96 mile an hour with plus breaking balls and change-ups. We know our pitching staff has the ability to get out opposing great hitters. Um, we've played great defensively all year. So we love where we're at as a team. We're playing with a lot of confidence, um, and we're just looking forward to getting out at the box this weekend and, and uh, getting after this NCAA regional because we know we're going to play great and, and we're just ready to roll. That was LSU baseball coach Andy Cannizzaro visiting with T-Bob Bear. Part one of that interview will step away and come back, and you'll hear part two as the LSU Tigers back in action. They got a 7-1 victory over Utah Valley in the opener of the regional, rained out yesterday, and they await the winner of Rice and Southeastern later on this afternoon at Alec Box Stadium. It's just sports here on WWLAMFM.com. Should get to see some baseball today at the uh, at the box. LSU waiting the winner of Rice and Southeastern. That game will get underway at 11 o'clock. They're resuming from uh, the day before. Rice on top in the uh, seventh inning, 4-1 to one over Southeastern. Welcome back to It's Just Sports, and here's part two of T-Bob Bear's interview with LSU hitting coach Andy Cannizzaro. One thing that some people might point out is that because of all the turnover, maybe there's a lack of starting uh, postseason experience, but when you look at some of your assistant coaches, whether it's Nolan Cain, Brent Bonvla, Micah Gibbs, they've all played parts in LSU teams that have made it to regional, super regionals, college, world series, even. Uh, how, or I guess, are you seeing these players have an even further impact in kind of helping some of these uh, younger guys understand what it's going to take to be successful in the weeks ahead. Absolutely. You know, our staff is, is loaded with, with nothing but, you know, guys that have had success in, in college baseball and guys that have played in Omaha and been to the College World Series and won SEC championships. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a comforting, you know, feel as a coach to be able to, to have that experience to draw on and be able to talk to these younger kids about what to expect and what exactly we're getting into right now. And the more information that you can give these young players, the better chance they're going to have opening day of the, of, of the NCAA tournament to be able to play relaxed and play with confidence and show poise because there's nothing that's going to happen this weekend that they haven't already been through over the course of 60-plus games. So. Yeah. Um, like I said, it, it's, it's battle-tested. It's surviving the, the, the dogfight of the SEC weekends every single weekend. Um, but just having a coaching staff like Paul Maneri that's won a national championship and all the coaches that you talk about that have been to Omaha, won titles, and, and, and have very long careers, there's a lot of information that we're able to pass along to our younger players to help them uh, become as comfortable as they can as early as possible. We're sitting down with LSU hitting coach Andy Canizero here on Double Coverage. And, uh, Coach, I got to say, just from a purely – just from the eyeball test, you look to be the most jacked member of the team and coaching staff. doesn't really matter. And I mean physically jacked. And so this is a question from our excellent producer, Tim. 
And I kind of want to know as well, can anybody on this team or in that staff room bench press more than you? Oh, man. Well, first of all, I appreciate the compliment. And the second second uh, answer to that question is absolutely not. Um, you know, listen, I, obviously <laughs> I, I love getting my workouts in and, and, and try to stay in shape and, um, you know, just uh, have grown up doing that with a, with a dad and brothers and, and now a wife that we all enjoy, love working out. So it's, it's a lifestyle, man, and, and you certainly want to, you know, look the part, so to speak. And I've always kind of lived by the motto, you, you look good, you feel good, you coach good, you know. So uh, trying to fill out that uniform as much as I can, stay in shape and trying to be stronger than all of our players. Yes, well, hey, look, man, whatever you're doing, it is obviously working. So we'll end with a bit of a serious question here, Coach. Uh, what are you expecting from these three teams coming up in this weekend's regional? I mean, from a uh, from a hitting perspective. Sure, absolutely. You know, first of all, I'll kind of go in sequential order in, in terms of the seedings. You know, our two-seed Rice is, is an outstanding baseball team with a ton of history and, and, and postseason success. You know, they're a team that has for years and years have been built on, you know, pitching and power arms and breaking balls and, this is, this is another team along the long, the long lineage of Rice uh, teams in the past where they do that same thing offensively. Um, they're a team that's going to move the baseball. They don't strike out a lot. They want to put the ball in play, put pressure on the defense, um, cause you to, to, to kick balls and make errors, and they try to keep the score low because they have a lot of arms that can keep the score down. Um, the next team I'll talk about, Southeastern Louisiana, which is right here in Hammond. Um, their head coach, Matt Reiser, has done a phenomenal job with those guys um, and, and is an awesome head coach. And, you know, they, they've got the nation's leading hitter, their first baseman, Jamison Fisher, left-handed hitter with double-digit home runs, hitting way over 400 this year. So just him in his own right is going to present a big challenge for us. Um, they're a really scrappy offense. They like to play fast. They put a ton, a ton of pressure on the defense. They look to steal bases. They look to take the extra base. Um, they do all the little things right that, that, that allow them to play the style of baseball that they do. And our four seed, Utah Valley, um, obviously is a team that won their conference tournament. Um, probably know the least about them out of anybody in our tournament, but they're a team that they've got one or two guys in the middle of their order with, with eight or 10 or 11 home runs. Um, they don't strike out often. Um, also, they, they, they put the ball in play. They, they try to manufacture some runs because they've pitched it really well in their conference. Um, they're a terrific team. They've got a lot of really big wins this year over schools and Power 5 conferences. So it's going to be a challenge for us tomorrow um, and, and this weekend. It's an outstanding regional, and every team that's in it is, is outstanding. They've either played great for 60 games or they've caught fire down the stretch, won their conference tournament. So it's the postseason. There's nothing but good teams left, so – We'll be ready for the challenge and look forward to getting after it this weekend. LSU hitting coach Andy Canizero. He has had a hell of a year and one of the keys behind this team's success. Uh, coach, thank you so much for joining us and uh, best of luck this weekend. T-Bob, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. How do you not like that guy? Uh, Andy Canizero, he's going to be a head baseball coach somewhere, Tulane grad, and then, uh, of course, going down to help. Paul Maneri at LSU. He's done an amazing job with this uh, hitting lineup for LSU. It's just sports here on WWLAMFMN.com. Sad news coming this weekend, uh, the passing of Muhammad Ali, three-time heavyweight champion and uh, passing away at the age of 84. He'll, uh, he'll certainly be 
missed in um you know in terms of all the things that were positive that that were said about him in terms of his ability to to wow an audience and it was a spectacle this was a global athlete um i'm not going to get into i think right now uh another subject pertaining to uh muhammad ali but certainly some sad news rest in peace muhammad ali uh maybe the greatest heavyweight to ever put on boxing gloves coming up next hour Jeff Palermo, our WWL.com columnist, as LSU looks to get back on the diamond tonight. They were off yesterday. Their game was rained out, and uh, they're awaiting the winner of Rice in Southeastern. That game's set to get underway or resume in about two minutes uh, at the box, and the winner will play, play LSU later on this evening. And then the uh, loser falls into the loser's bracket, which means they'll take on Utah Valley in an elimination game. And um, right now, LSU's sitting pretty. They beat UVA or UVU. The other day, seven to one. They're waiting Rice and Southeastern. Southeastern trailing Rice four to one in the seventh inning of that ball game. So uh, once that goes final, we'll know who it is that will indeed uh, face LSU. Jeff Palermo also have Drew Brees conversation with uh, Sports Talk earlier in the week, and also you'll hear from James Laronitis, Saints linebacker, as well as OTAs were underway at Airline Drive earlier this week. It's just sports rolls on. It's WWLAMFM.com. Baseball season is heating up. Odyssey has you covered with the most entertaining coverage of your team. Stay locked in and in the know with the local voices you trust as they bring you unfiltered takes, recap games, react to the latest team news, and talk to callers. Listen to your favorite shows for free on the Odyssey app. Odyssey.com, your smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. 